He's Christian. He's Jimmer. And we're back for... Another edition of Two Physical Therapists and a Bag of Chips. Tropical Salsa Chips. From Kettle Brand. Cooked in 100% avocado oil. It's almost like you have three quarters of your talk already. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, you got your crunch, you got your tropical salsa, you got your avocado. Just ready Game to go. Game on. Ready to go. But we are talking posterior tibial tendonitis today. Is it posterior tibial or posterior tibialis tendonitis? They're sort of one and the same, aren't they? I don't know. Posterior. I'm not, I, I'm just I'm just asking for a friend. Well, yeah. I mean, the posterior tibialis is the muscle that's affected during posterior tibial tendonitis. Yeah, let's go with that. So, posterior tibialis, the muscle, sits on inside of your tibia. It's considered the deepest muscle of your lower leg. Really? Yeah. So it's a very important muscle. Yeah. It runs down the inside of your ankle and connects to the underside of your foot for lack of specific anatomical I think that's pretty descriptive. So generally, if this this muscle is, is injured or if you've got tendonitis, you'll have pain on the inside of your foot, you'll have pain on the inside of your ankle, and oftentimes you'll have pain in your lower leg. That's right. Pain in the foot, sometimes um, mistaken for plantar fasciitis. Often, very often, we get plantar fasciitis as the Google, Dr. Google. Um, the WebMD diagnosis. Yeah. yeah, or just they've been somewhere or their friend knows for sure that that's it. You know, the, the non-skilled interventionist's diagnoses. That's right. I'll put it that way. Most of the time, this gets worse with with running, uh, longer distance walking, and definitely standing. People who stand a lot for work have trouble with this. You'll occasionally see some swelling, and that'll mostly be on the inside of uh, the ankle or lower leg. And in later stages, especially if you start to see collapsing arch, you'll have pain on the outside of the foot as well. But that's pretty that's pretty far out there. That yeah, takes a while. More compensatory, huh? Yeah. In most cases, people have a really hard time doing a, like a heel raise, particularly a single leg heel raise, uh, or this would be the pushing off moment during a, a walking or running pattern. There's usually restricted movement in the, in the ankle joint, uh, more specifically, I think, the subtalar joint on examination, but it can be the talocrural joint, joint as well. Yep. And then, uh, you know, poor dorsiflexion is a chicken or egg situation. Right. Is that a, is that a result of the issue or is that something someone, something someone had prior going in? But it's something that is also highly common with that kind of issue. So the main functions of your posterior tibialis muscle, one is basically to support the arch. And that's sort of a, a loose term and sort of, I think, intentionally loose but it does inversion and plantar flexion. So inversion is turning your foot in and plantar flexion is pushing your foot down. And so those motions combined essentially support your arch. And so that's the easier way to think about it, I think, more layman's termy. Correct. Generally, with posterior tibial tendonitis, we'll see it in women more often than men. We tend to see it in people over the ages of 40 more commonly. And then there's a few risk factors, specifically obesity, diabetes, and hypertension. And that's more, I think, from studies versus objectively seen in the clinic. Most of the time, I will see it in 
people who run a lot or who have recently increased the amount of running that they're trying to do. Yeah, coming coming back, touching on the, the more frequent in women than men, I think that may have something to do with the fact that women, generally speaking, are more known to wear shitty shoe wear. There is a there lot of... There goes Jimmer again and his little pet peeve thing about wearing flip-flops or high heels. There's a lot of shoe choice that comes into play with this. Uh, more often than not, you will see either just a shoe that is, that is well past its wear date. And so most running shoes, you will get about 250 to 300 miles of running in. So if you're someone who runs 20 miles a week, you're going to be done with those shoes in 15 to 20 weeks. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of people forget, especially if you're one of those persons, peoples, who runs on a treadmill or runs on, uh, on grass or dirt. You may not necessarily see a tremendous amount of wear and tear on the sole of your shoe, but the intrinsic structure of the, f of the uh, shoe, um, the shoe box, is, is sufficiently worn out that it just does not support your foot any longer. And there are lots of people out there that have no problem running without support, and they're not the people that we see. But if you are one of those persons who has you know, some sensitivity or some irritation or some weakness within that structure already, that could be enough to then cause posterior tibial tendonitis. Posterior tibial tendonitis. Posterior I think it's tibial because tibialis tendonitis is a tongue twister. Um, so if you go posterior tibial... It's easier to say tendonitis than when you go posterior tibialis tendonitis. It almost sounds like something from, uh, from, uh, I'm not going there. Okay, we're not going to go there. No. Uh, with this, orthotics is often a first treatment line because you'll read it a lot on the internet again or your friend will tell you that they got some orthotics and you'll either see people go the full custom route, which is a, multi-hundred dollar investment and a lot of the times you can get the same benefit just by upgrading your shoe wear. Uh, the other question always with orthotics is whether it should be worn short term until symptoms go away or whether this is something you need to do long term to, to adjust for a, a permanent foot deformity or, or something along those lines. When I say deformity we're talking about a situation not necessarily that has to look bad but where it doesn't function properly and so that can be if you, in some cases, you'll see a posterior tibialis that is torn, and so there's no longer any support for the arch. And in those cases, you're either looking at a more long-term wearing of orthotics and a more permanent use there. Some people will go surgical route, but that I don't, we don't see very much. I can't, no. I can't. It's not no. super common. Technically, this is the 26th most common running injury. Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty specific number. I don't know what the other so, 25 are. So it's not that's something that, that pops up very, very often, but it's I something got, that... i got to say that I've, I've seen a fair amount, and I know you have too. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why it, why it doesn't pop up sooner, but it, that, that's neither here nor there. It's, I've, I've got to think that things that are higher on the list are like trips and falls and broken wrists or something. Yeah, or you know, like kind of stress fractures, maybe stress fractures things, are fasciitis, things along those lines. But yeah, I, those would, I would say yeah. it's... It's yeah. pretty high up there. We see a fair amount of long-distance runners, and it's it's not not uncommon. Yes. Very treatable. Yeah. Uh, it's more common in individuals with, with flat feet, um, so that's something that I think we all know what we're talking about when we say flat feet. And we've, flat we've, feet done, is, a, we've done a podcast on that, right? Um, arches? Yeah. 
Shoeware maybe running maybe. Yeah, we'll anyway, we'll look that up, and if, if we do, then Christian will put a link, and if we haven't, we'll do that one soon. We'll do that. We'll put that on the list. <laughs> but uh, flat feet can sometimes, again, be the, the chicken or egg situation there. A lot of times, flat feet is something that occurs as the, the posterior tibial muscle is either weakened, uh, strained, or torn. You'll get a full collapsing of the arch. And so that's problematic. But this is something that you'll see in individuals who have a, a typical arch height or even individuals with, with, a, with a high arch. So it doesn't, just because you have a high arch doesn't mean you're, you're immune to this kind of issue. And that basically brings us to treatment and, and kind of what's going on. And in most cases, the first step is always gonna be to reduce the stress on the tendon. And so that is going to be avoiding the activities that are causing it. In most cases, that's going to be running. In, a, um, in, a, in some other cases, it'll be prolonged standing. And so if we can reduce the stress, and this is where something like a shoe change or the introduction of an, orth, an orthotic or a modification to an orthotic will, will become an, an early treatment option in these cases. Uh, Long-term stuff and really more important stuff is going to be strengthening and that's specific to either to, to both the, the posterior tibialis and then also the foot intrinsics. And those are the muscles within the foot that really help support the foot. And those muscles are analogous to the muscles in your hand. So your foot should have similar kind of movement ability to your hand. Obviously the ranges are going to be very different because the structures have changed a lot over time. But there's a, pretty much the same musculature in your hand as there is in your foot, roughly speaking. Sort of, kind of. Roughly speaking. Yes. So people who say they can't lift, you know, one toe independently of all the others, it's something that you can do, but we don't tend to be able to do it because we keep our feet in shoes and all these other things, but it's something we can certainly work on. And that's foot intrinsics. That's kind of the point of where we're going yep. in this little bit here. Uh, the other thing is, is usually there's, as we mentioned a little bit, some ankle motion issues. And that can either be subtalar, that can either be tailor cruel, that can be muscular related where your calf is, is, is short, your Achilles has, you know, shortness, uh, or just anything along those lines. So improving your range of motion around there. Uh, generally speaking, you know, we'll see it more subtalar, I think, or, or maybe we're just more acute to the subtalar limitations than some other groups maybe, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think subtalar joint is, is commonly overlooked maybe by, by, by some people because the tailor cruel joint, you know, the what's referred to as the upper ankle joint or the ankle joint is so much easier to assess. Mm -hmm. um, subtalar joint, posterior subtalar joint is something that we see restricted quite frequently. And you know, that's again, like Christian pointed out earlier, that could be the chicken or the egg, right? That joint could be stiff because we're compensating for, for pain or loss of control or we're... Um, we're locking up because we no longer have proper mechanics. So again, you have pain or, or difficulty controlling the, the arch and that could lock up the posterior subtalar joint, which could then throw the whole mechanics of your, uh, of your foot off. So it's something that I personally treat quite frequently, even with uh, plantar fasciitis issues or other foot issues. It's, it's, a, it's a very interesting joint uh, and, and I'll try to see if Christian can find some pictures the subtalar joint, the joint between the calcaneus and the talus, has two distinct um, joints, and they're opposite in shape of each other, and um, they're they're quite intriguing, actually. Yes, we don't. We nobody talks about them very much. 
So we'll talk about them a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we work on is balance. So balance becomes a problem. We tend to see people struggle for, for whatever reason uh, with their balance. And so that's usually the entire sort of lower extremity coming together and doing some sort of weird, you know, kinetic chain sort of deal. And yeah, so, that could be just general loss of activity or coordination. You know, people tend to sit more, so we stand less. And if we stand, we don't stand on one leg. Plus, you know, there could be a, a proprioceptive thing where if you don't have good shoe wear, you're not necessarily training your muscles in how to correct mm -hmm. balance or balance issues. Definitely. And, I mean, with the shoes and shoe choice, there's a lot of options out there, and it just depends. And so there's no right shoe. There's no necessarily wrong shoe. There are, there are poor shoe choices. And, uh, yeah, and there, there are people very uh, well-educated in assessing what type of shoe might be more beneficial for you. But this is, this is so individual that I wouldn't say, you know, if you have a friend who claims to have a high arch and you claim you have a high arch that you both should be running in Hoka's, you know, there's a lot more to it. Same when it comes to over-the-counter orthotics versus custom orthotics. Don't just blindly go out and, and stand on a glass plate at the, at the Walgreens and pay, you know, 60 bucks for a pair of orthotics that are supposed to be the right ones for you. There's, there's more to it than that. We could probably spend the whole podcast talking about just that. And we probably will at some yeah. point. That's kind of it for posterior tibial tendinitis. And within that tendinitis, it's basically injury. So injury to that area. It doesn't have to be necessarily tendinitis. I mean, the treatment approaches can be very similar. If it's a strain, if it's a sprain, which is kind of the same thing. So Yeah, and a lot of times it's referred to now more as like a posterior tibial tendon syndrome, right? Sure. So that's... Um, that might be just as accurate as tendonitis because it's not all about inflammation of the tendon as Christian said it's it, there's a whole slew of other injuries or, or irritabilities mm -hmm. that could happen there yep definitely so we are to trivia time planets planets which planets in our solar system have no moons we got a half a right answer this week really yeah so Mercury and Venus both don't have moons all the other planets have at least a moon. A moon. Some have more than others. Yep. So, uh, Kalia Ching got Mercury only. Well done, Kalia. Nice job. Yep. That's a, that's a start. Yep. We were kind of chuckling because um, we got to say Uranus <laughs> as part of the planets. So good. That's the best planet. Who knows? Really. Well, best named planet. Yeah. Yeah, just fun. Yep. This week's trivia. Do you want to ask it? Um, sure. All right, fire away. I, I, I got I got corrected earlier because I said which um, which town or which city, but but which village in the U.S. is home to one person, one inhabitant, one resident, one citizen? Nice. It's one city, and don't go tell me that there's 15 other cities or or villages. Um, this is the only one that counts because <laughs> it's the one I found. There you have it. That's so what is the only village in the U.S. that is home to one person? And, and that, as far as I checked, she's 83 years old. So there we have it. Yeah. That sounds good. Chip time. Woohoo! Kettle brand. We're Tropical super salsa. stoked. Chip to ratio on these bad boys, 50%. As is pretty typical for a for the kettle, kettle bag. Thank you, Karen. We appreciate it. I think she might have bought this one for uh, for our family, and then um, she I just ended up taking them. Oh, 
They're very tropical. Tropical salsa. Hmm. I'm not sure if I had a a flavor in mind. It definitely wasn't this. Chip is, the chip is a kettle kettle cooked chip, which is a nice hearty chip. It's um, huh. I'm trying to figure out. There's good. The chip has good crunch. The there's flavor a, is. There's a little bit of of a hint of spiciness. A little bit of sweetness. It's definitely sweeter than I really had planned on. Yeah. Tropical, It's there's a lot of citrus sort of thing going on here. There might also be like some mango. Mango, I was thinking mango too, some yeah. Some sweet. But it's not, I kind of like it. But it's nothing like the mango habanero from a few weeks ago. No, no. Hmm. I think it would be good with the taco uh, and some avocado dip. Avocado dip, yeah. interesting. That's a, that's a different term for guacamole. Is there like cilantro in this? Probably. There's green sprinkles on here. Tomato powder. You think it's dill? So we've got uh, potatoes, sugar, mango salt, tomato powder, green bell pepper powder, jalapeno powder, onion powder, spices, salt, vinegar, garlic powder, parsley. Maybe that's what I'm tasting. Chili that's powder. It's different than cilantro, though. Yeah. Huh. I'm just going to keep eating while you're reading the ingredients. Right. I kind of like them. You're digging them? Yeah. I'm gonna go with two thumbs again. You're doing two. I'm going one again on this one. I'm not. You're a lot harder to please lately. What is up with that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm. It's. Well. I wasn't. Um. This one's coming home with me. All right. This one's coming home. There you have it. I was just gonna go. Thank you for listening and then move on. Yeah. But well, we, we got you no, got a list it. of things in it to say. Well, you can say thank you for listening. I, I want to I want to thank you. Um, you know, everybody's kind of stressing out right now. With uh, we're in the midst of um, of our uh, Corona outbreak here. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to all the nurses and and doctors and people in emergency rooms and the uh, first responders. Everybody who's still doing their job out there, who's putting themselves in in harm's way. Um, I know everybody is stressed and kind of freaking out, but I think we're going to be all right. Just use common sense. That's all I'm going to say about it. But I wanted to thank those who, who probably don't get enough thanks for, for being there every, every moment of every day while we're trying to figure out where we're going to find the next roll of toilet paper. Absolutely. So definitely use common sense. If you got to sneeze, cover your mouth. Wash your hands a lot. Don't stick your hands in your mouth and nose. But um, but but keep yeah. them living. Just use common sense. Yeah. If you think you're sick, stay home. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. On that note, next week we're going to talk about actually a, a new venture we're going with here called Rebound Concierge. I love it. I love it. So, and and this is all Christians. Sort of. It's his baby. And then uh, we're going to review some Fox Family barbecue chips, which is a main. A local to Maine chip. Huh. So that, that should be pretty Is that from Pippa? That's from Pippa and Jamie, yeah. Thank you. Uh, if you like the show today, please tell your friends, follow, review, subscribe. If you are looking for more information about posterior tibial tendonitis, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We will be posting stuff this week. We will try to get some photos for sure on there related to that subtalar joint or joints. Uh, for more information on rebound therapy, check out our clinic or... Or, or check out our website. You can come check out our clinic, too. Reboundclinic.com. Yeah, go swing on by. Yeah, if you have issues with this, give us a call. 
we'll stop by. We'll take a look at your foot while you're uh, nursing yeah. a cup of coffee. and We do our 20-minute uh, free consults, so we're always available for those. He's Jimmer, and I'm Christian. Thank you for listening.